1: Welcome back to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. We have with us the legendary Roger Ver. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Roger. Thank you so much. Yeah, so you're an early Bitcoin adopter, evangelist. Maybe you can tell us a little bit of your story just uh, so people who aren't acquainted with you can get to know you a little bit better.
2: Yeah, so I was born and raised in Silicon Valley, started a tech company there and then did that until I discovered Bitcoin in early 2011 and then... Uh, dropped everything to promote Bitcoin full-time. I was the first person to start investing in Bitcoin companies and been doing Bitcoin uh, ever since and traveling the world and spreading the good news of this wonderful technology that's going to improve the lives of everyone all over the world.
1: So, I mean, when we're talking about investing in Bitcoin companies, uh, what are a few of those? I know we're in a couple of them together, so maybe you can just start rattling them off.
2: Yeah, I've kind of lost count at this point, but some of the more popular ones I guess at this point would be uh, BitPay and Blockchain.info and Kraken and lots more.
1: <laughs> lots more of them. Yeah. Nice of you just to mention the ones that have raised $30 million, $30 million, uh, $5 million. I mean, like we're talking the A-plus companies. Like they're here because you helped do the seed funding on them. I just heard you talk a little bit about Bitcoin increasing the efficiency in the economy. And you gave the example of purse.io. And I think it's just such a great example of how Bitcoin, it's not just a Trojan horse, it's like a Trojan Hydra. Uh, it pops its head up in like so many different areas, so many different industries, because there's so many different applications. So maybe you can go over a little bit about purse.io and just how it's increasing the efficiency in the overall economy.
2: Sure. So with uh, the current world we live in, there's a whole bunch of people all over the planet that have a whole bunch of store credit with Amazon.com that they've gotten from various ways. And uh, right now it's just sitting there unused. And uh, Purse.io basically allows that store credit to be arbitraged so that anybody who wants something from Amazon can pay for it in Bitcoins and somebody else with that store credit will buy it for them. And because there's actually more store credit outstanding uh, for Amazon.com than the entire market cap of all the Bitcoins in the world right now. It's a huge amount of store credit.
1: Hold on. Did I just hear you correctly that Amazon has like more than $3 billion of gift certificates right, that they've issued,
2: basically? It's right there in the same ballpark. So it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, Amazon's pretty happy with that uh, currently.
1: Well, yeah, because they not have the all money of it gets redeemed and do they don't have to pay interest on it. So Right. Um, but what purse.io does is it allows anybody who wants
2: anything from Amazon to be able to receive that, and they wind up getting a... 20, 25, even a 30% discount on whatever they want from Amazon because all these people with a store credit, they would probably just rather have cash. And when they receive bitcoins, bitcoins are as good as cash or they can convert them to cash. So my most recent order I just placed recently was for an iPad Air 2 which the price on Amazon was around $680, I got a 29% discount. So I saved almost $200 on an iPad Air 2 by paying for it with Bitcoin on purse.io, And you can buy Bitcoins easily anywhere for about a 1% fee uh, without any problem in just about any country in the world at this point. So, so, I mean, we have
1: a lot of people in the U.S. that are like, oh, Bitcoin's the solution looking for a problem. But... You don't even have to like Bitcoin. If you can go get your bread wallet, buy $500 of Bitcoin from Circle, send it to your bread wallet, buy something on Amazon, you buy $500 worth of stuff, you're going to save 100 freaking bucks. That's better than any credit card reward program that I'm aware of.
2: By far. Uh,
1: Amazon has a great return policy. You don't have to worry about Amazon scamming you. And all of these people that have this Amazon gift credit, they might get it as an affiliate of Amazon. They or, might be in a country where they can't points get it. Credit or card all reward sorts of different points. things. Yeah, so I mean at the heart of this, like the whole reason is kind of because regulatorily, as long as it's closed loop, we don't have the AML KYC issue uh, right? And Amazon's issuing gift certificates effectively. So, I mean, those aren't necessarily subject to many transmission. But at the root of all of this is governmental interference. And it's creating inefficiencies in the marketplace. People are storing up large amounts of savings in Amazon credits. They aren't liquid because they're closed loop. But now this purse.io, Bitcoin, it kind of makes it very liquid.
2: So all over the world, government's violent intervention into the economy prevents the world from being as wealthy as it otherwise would have been. Or efficient. Or as efficient and it causes misallocation of people's time and resources and prevents the world from being as good of a place as it otherwise could have been
1: what else are we seeing in terms of this increasing of efficiency uh coins.ph in the philippines you send bitcoins bam you've got a guy delivering pesos uh within an hour uh in person on his, motorbike. On his little
2: motorbike he'll drive right up to wherever
1: you're living and deliver the physical cash I and mean, that's amazing Having gotten started in Bitcoin so early like you did, where are we at with Bitcoin right Right. now?
2: Everyone that's looking at Bitcoin should feel more confident in Bitcoin's success than ever before. Just a few years ago, there were no mobile wallets. There were no online major retailers accepting Bitcoin. There wasn't really much venture capital flowing into Bitcoin. Today, it's companies like Microsoft. Dell, Expedia, and it's all these big giant names are accepting Bitcoin and using Bitcoin and it's happening all over the world. So it should be more clear than ever before that Bitcoin's on its way to mainstream adoption across the planet.
1: What are we looking at for the price of Bitcoin if mainstream adoption really happens? I mean, what what is the future potential? When we're looking at Bitcoin, it can become worth nothing. But what's the upside?
2: Yeah, it, it sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. If you do the math very clearly, if Bitcoin becomes popular all over the world, each single Bitcoin is going to have to be worth at least tens of thousands of US dollars per Bitcoin, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars per Bitcoin. It, It has to, if that many people start using it around the world. And it seems pretty clear that it's headed in that direction because once people have used it and they see how easy it is compared to other payment forms and try opening a new bank account compared to opening a new Bitcoin account, you can open a new Bitcoin wallet in 30 seconds, it might take you, you know, three weeks to open a new bank account today with all the various laws. So uh, people are flocking to it. It's yeah. going to happen.
1: I mean, it's kind of funny. Just earlier today, the uh, Al Jazeera reporter was like, yeah, you got to like take some time to help me get some Bitcoin. You're like, we're going to do it right now. And like we downloaded uh, downloaded the mobile wall to his phone. You sent him 10 bucks. I sent him five bucks. Like, bam, there it was. How fast can this penetrate other markets where e-commerce just isn't happening at all? I mean, if Amazon were to start accepting Bitcoin, is Africa a potential market that they could be serving?
2: I think once the developers around the world build the different software tools and applications to make it easy for people to use all over the world, people all over the world are going to use Bitcoin. And it's so much better than the other options available, especially in third world countries.
1: What are you most worried about when it comes to Bitcoin? Like, What keeps you up at night? government regulations
2: are the most worrisome thing and and them being applied uh, unequally, unequal application of the law. And we see it happening time and time again with all sorts of people. Um, And it's really sad and really scary, but uh, that's the world we live in. What
1: are you most optimistic about then? You know, what, what is like, is is this really going to usher in an entirely new golden age of wealth, of prosperity, Like, what are you so optimistic about with the rising sun of Bitcoin?
2: Yeah, I am really optimistic that this is going to usher in the new golden age of prosperity. That's why I am so excited about it. One of the individual aspects of it that does have me so excited about that is that, you know, there's all these wars going on all over the world. And most of the wars are being paid for by inflating the currency, by just printing money. And with Bitcoin, that sort of thing can't happen. And uh, hopefully, the Bitcoin ecosystem will be diligent and not allow any of these businesses to have, start doing fractional reserve, uh, tricky business. Uh, but if that's the case, uh, we're going to see a lot less wars <laughs> all over the world, thanks to it.
1: What advice would you have for new people coming into Bitcoin? Someone brought up during your talk, like, man, you could use this on IO to make some money. I mean, like, what advice do you have to new people?
2: yeah, um, if you haven't already used Bitcoin, it's one thing to sit around hearing about it and it sounds really difficult and hard and confusing. But uh, download a wallet, get some bitcoins from a free faucet or buy a couple of bitcoins uh, online with you know a credit card at circle dot com or you know purse and give it a try. And once you've seen it in action, it's really, really easy to use. So the first step is using it. and then once you've you've used it and you see how easy it is, look for uh some new business that wasn't available previously because most of the time it's because of various government laws getting in the way but uh be careful about how you skirt those, but one opportunity is doing arbitrage for Purse.io. Buy things on Purse.io for, from Amazon for you a know, 25 or 30% discount, and then sell them locally for just 10% less than Amazon. And you can make a hefty profit, and all the other people around you wind up getting stuff cheaper than they would otherwise get it from Amazon. I mean, are there any
1: examples of this actually being done?
2: Yeah, there's already people that are buying you know 50 or 100 PlayStation 4s at a time on Purse.io from Amazon, and then selling them locally on their local Craigslist. Um, and they can make a
1: lot of money doing that. Wow. I mean, what, what type of numbers are we we talking about?
2: So um, I think a PlayStation 4 is around uh, $400. Uh, so if you're getting a 25% discount, you're getting it for $300. And maybe you, everyone else at the local shops, it's going to cost $400 locally. So you can turn around and sell it on Craigslist for $375. If you sell the $75 profit each, you sell 100 of them, you made $7,500. And if, I don't think it would take very long to sell 100 PlayStation 4s, especially if you're $25 less than every other merchant nearby.
1: And it's still brand new. And it's brand in, new the, wrapping, in the box from
2: Amazon. Box. You can give them the gift receipt from Amazon so they can still have the receipt and they can return it to Amazon if there's a problem with it.
1: Oh, my goodness. The cat is out of the bag. Bitcoin is just creating entrepreneurial opportunity where all these government regulations otherwise create inefficiencies in the economy what advice would you have for the banker or the lawyer or the CPA or the investor that's listening to this podcast?
2: For the bankers and lawyers and investors, right now is the time to pay attention to Bitcoin. This is literally a world-changing technology that's going to impact the lives of every single human being on the entire planet. And you can either be one of the ones leading the charge to a better world, or you can be bringing up the rear. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be leading the charge so it'd be on the the forefront of this amazing new technology.
1: And the people that are on the forefront of this amazing new technology, do they benefit from this wealth transfer? And to what degree?
2: Yeah. So right now, Bitcoins are, you know, a couple hundred dollars each. If Bitcoin becomes really, really popular, they're going to have to be worth at least tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for each. So if you're one of the early adopters, and if you're holding on to even just a few Bitcoins, and if Bitcoin becomes really popular all over the world. Which it looks like is happening very, very, just incredibly quickly. You're going to make a huge amount of money just on the appreciation of bitcoins.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about it just getting adopted so quickly, all the green lights just being shown. Coinbase recently raised $75 million. And some of the investors were the New York Stock Exchange
2: as well, and that's the traditional financial system.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the first big major Bitcoin investment where we've had traditional financial players in the, in the deal, right?
2: Right. And because of all the investments I have, though, I know a lot of the other big traditional financial players are starting to snoop around and look for where they're going to make their investments as well. So when the big boys get involved, that's when things head to the mainstream and are used by people all over the planet. And it's happening with Bitcoin. We're seeing it right before our eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we had New York Stock Exchange. We had uh, vice chairman of Morgan Stanley on their board of directors. We had CEO of Thomson Reuters, Vikram Pandit, former CEO of Citigroup. We had Docomo. I mean, you lived over in Japan for like eight years. Still maybe maybe there. May, yeah. Still live there. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Docomo and just how serious of a player that is.
2: Yeah, Docomo, uh, the word in, in English kind of means everywhere or anywhere. And it's basically what it is. Docomo is everywhere and anywhere in Japan. It's the number one cell phone company in Japan. Everyone uses it. They sell internet service. It's an ISP, like with you know both wireless and wired. Uh, they're all over the place. And it's
1: huge in Japan. Why would they care about a new networking protocol bitcoin is the new
2: networking protocol for money for the entire planet and it's connecting everybody all over the planet financially and nothing like that's ever existed before and and as soon as people understand that they realize how important of a technology it is and how world changing it is and they're scrambling to get involved and ibm is now doing all sorts of stuff with bitcoin and the blockchain stuff and they're researching how to use blockchain technology for what they're up to i IBM, that's that's no joke as well.
1: IBM, Microsoft, Docomo, Newark Sock Exchange, Morgan Stanley, Rakuten. I there can tell just, you're
2: not from Japan, it's Rakuten. Rakuten? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, my uh, it's okay. Japanese pronunciation isn't the best. But Bitcoin truly is this global phenomenon. It is. It really is. It's happening
2: all over the planet, regardless of what country and everyone everywhere in the world is, is starting to integrate this because it's the financial tool and the financial network to connect the entire world.
1: What should we do with Bitcoin? People who are working on it, people who are working in it, looking at it. I mean, what should we really do with it? Bitcoin is the new internet of money. It's what can't we do with it?
0: And
2: then there's all these other things that are being built on top of the Bitcoin protocol that enable any sort of asset to be transferred on the Bitcoin blockchain. I think a better question is what aren't we going to do with Bitcoin? It's going to help so many things be so much better all over the world.
1: Yeah, I think I've gotten that before. Like I've told people, like, look, currency is just one app. For Bitcoin. There's thousands of different apps. We kind of have to go back and look at the internet, look at everything we created and realize that we're going to have to reconstitute and recreate everything uh, with how the internet works using this new technology. Yeah,
2: it's, it's just like if you ask today, what is the internet not going to affect? The internet has affected every area of our life, everywhere, all over the planet. And Bitcoin's going to do the same thing. And today it's really, really hard to predict the ways in which Bitcoin's going to affect everybody. Just like a couple of decades ago, it would have been really difficult to predict how the internet was going to affect our lives. But the same thing is happening with Bitcoin right before our eyes right now.
1: Well, it's been an amazing interview. Uh, Thanks for putting up with the kids playing ping pong right next to us. A little bit of sound in the background. Uh, It's been hard to find a quiet place here uh, in the sunny Caribbean. We've had with us the legendary... Roger Ver, thanks for being with us on the podcast. Thank you,
2: Trace.
0: Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin Guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.